Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Cisco Technology Podcast. Um, I feel like I'm cheating. I've Who I've, are you cheating with? You two. <laughs> like See, this has been a sting. It's like a sting. Mark and I have been working together because <laughs> we've, we've, we've wanted to expose your um, cheating. Your infidelity. My infidelity by going, mm. well, you were co-host, Mark, and then, because you've been, been replaced. You, you've been replaced because you've just, like, not been around anymore. No. You used to ring. You never ring. You never call never now. Call. So I then brought Joachim in, and now I've got you both in the same room but, at the same time. But it's time. also, it's yeah. more than that, though, because he, he also doesn't listen. No, he doesn't. You <laughs> give loads of shout-outs. Right? <laughs> yeah. He doesn't respond to those little, you know. Jibes. Jibes. I, I have no defense currently for... No. The assertion. But this is a special one because this is the first time we've all been in the room at the it same is. time. Yeah. And, you know, I am assuming my coveted role mm. of a guest backup co host because the, the main men are back in the room <laughs> well, and back but the, together. But the interesting thing of this podcast is actually about security. So you're, well, you, that's you, why I'm back, basically. You're back because yeah. you are actually the, a contributor today. You're not. I, you're a guest. Oh, okay. Guest Is that why I've got this seat over here, which people can't really appreciate? But I feel like I'm in the guest you, seat. You have moved into. You have moved to the guest yeah, seat. I noticed Jochen's that. in the co-host seat. Yeah. So actually, yeah. So we, we <laughs> It's a bit weird this one because we've never done this before because we've actually got a roving reporter who went to Infosac, and and done a load of interviews, and we're gonna edit these in at some stage in this podcast and yeah. hopefully it'll work. It's so cool. apologies if it doesn't work and it sounds a bit weird, but um, weirder. Weird. <laughs> I think every weird single one the of the podcasts sound weird. And and there's some great. Um, uh, and we've got, oh yeah, we've got a new uh, segment. We've got a new feature of the podcast, and I we, I think we need to find a jingle called the uh, the the one is a, a jargon, as in what jargon would you get rid of? Yeah. And we'll do that right at the end of the podcast. And also, what's the best swag you've ever had at a conference? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Right, but but you are here as a contributor today. Thank so you. You're the expert in the room, Excellent. and me and Joachim here to fill the bits in Just between. To fill the bits in between. Awesome. All right. So uh, the guys who are at Infosex, our Rover, Rover the Roving reporter, was uh, was out and about, and he met with three people. We met with uh, Brett Hartman, who is the CTO of uh, Security and Strategy inside Cisco. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Am I... uh, yes, that's that's about right. Yeah. And he's yeah, from yeah. the US. He's Ma- from the US. From the yeah. Mark Weir, who is second time on the podcast because he joined us from the Island Partner Forum where we did the uh, the, myth the Mythbusters. Bu- Mythbusters. Trying yeah. to say that without a lisp. Mm. Myth Mythbusters. Yeah. Um, which that went down very well, which is fun. So he's on again. And also, Miley, in fact, Martin Lee from Talos, who stole our idea, uh, stole our idea of the podcast and took that to Talos. So apparently there's another podcast out there called Beers with Talos. Beers with Talos. Oh, is, that, is that where that came from? Uh, we, we're we claiming like to it. So, yeah. We like yeah. to think so. Yeah, because it may Mar- not be true, but I'm with you. Yeah, 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 confident. Yeah. Martin Lee was, was on our podcast Co- first. Yeah, coincidental timing. It came up about two months after he came on our podcast. Yeah, you go. So Martin, co- bad man. Bad man. <laughs> but he's on on the on the podcast as well. Uh, so he's a second time podcaster as well. So the only person who who hasn't been on the podcast before is Brett Hartman. Right. So they, we got those three guys. So um, we're going to introduce. You're going to hear a, a clip of the interview. Uh, three different interviews or three different questions uh, from the interviews and those questions trends uh, so one is around yeah, I've written them up on the board yeah they're on the, bo- they're on the board so that, what are their uh, technology trends uh, that they're uh, in from security perspective uh, customer challenges and 
GDPR. GDPR. Oh, what's that? I don't hear yeah, you ever heard of GDPR? No, what's what's that? What is GDPR to you? GDPR. Can we, can we start with that one? But also interesting. I think I think that comes into the also overlaps with the jargon to get rid of. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> can we do that in one fell swoop and one, not one, talk yeah. about it? Yeah. yeah. Also, also, you could just listen to the podcast that me and Mark did on GDPR. Yeah, you could. Okay. Well, so here's the first. Here's the worst, and uh, and the guys were discussing trends. So um, have a listen. I am Brett Hartman, and I'm CTO of the security group at Cisco. The big trend uh, we're thinking a lot about is the move to the cloud. Now, of course, the cloud, that movement has been going on for a long time, a number of years, but I think we see more and more organizations these days that are moving workloads to the cloud. And so ensuring that the security that we have not only works on-prem in kind of your classic legacy deployments, but also works in the cloud, whether that's public cloud, whether that's AWS, whether that's Azure, Google, or private cloud, uh, we need to make sure that our security works across and seamlessly across all those environments. One of the trends that certainly we're concerned a lot about, and Talos, which is our threat research team, thinks a lot about, is the expansion of destructive malware. This is the notion of rather than just malware that's about stealing, say, intellectual property, credit card numbers, or private information, it's all about doing damage and shutting down machines, whether those are user machines or servers. We've seen examples like in Nyatcha uh, or NotPetya last year of massive numbers, thousands and thousands of machines are being shut down. So I think organizations need to think about how to protect uh, in terms of destructive malware and making sure that uh, that damage can't occur. Uh, Mark Weir, uh, Regional Director for Cyber in the UK and Ireland. The main trends we're seeing at uh, InfoSec this year centre around visibility, where customers want to know more about the traffic and data and, and potential threats that are going across their uh, infrastructure, whether that's in the cloud, on the network, or in their application stack. They're also wanting vendors like Cisco to really understand the use case around the vertical area that they work in. So they don't want us to take a vanilla approach to malware or ransomware. They want to take, they want us to understand what that means in healthcare or in the utilities or, or in government or finance. And also looking at response. So a lot of customers have focused on protect and detect. The likelihood is now uh, that we will get attacked at some point. So actually developing a plan to be able to understand how they would cope in the event of an attack. If you don't have that plan and you get attacked, it's then very hard to respond. My name's Martin Lee. I'm technical lead of security research within Talos, which is Cisco's threat intelligence and security research organization. And I also have the honor of leading the Talos outreach team across EMEA and Asia. So our focus within Talos is very much on the, on the threat environment. However, it's always interesting to come to something like InfoSec and of course see what the entire industry is up to. Um, I think very clearly the letters G, D, P and R were uh, strongly in evidence uh, throughout, the, uh, throughout the conference. Well, one of the things I, I do like coming to this is actually going and glancing at the smaller booths to see what's being prepared and what other techniques are coming through for malware uh, detection. So that's uh, um, often where I tend to find myself and look at and get a lot of pleasure and interest. They were interesting. Got it, Mark, because you're the uh, the expert on this, and um, and 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 Joachim, you're here just to make up the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the first the first point that came up was cloud. So Joachim's eye should have you know lit up straight away on that. Uh, I, you know, I think. I mean, you know, there's some interesting things that I think were discussed across that. Um, you know, the, the the movement to cloud. I mean, it's interesting that in 2018 we're still talking about that as a trend um, because cloud isn't really that new anymore. 
Um, obviously, there are new things happening in that space, but as a general trend, obviously that's been happening now I, for. I think one of the things with cloud, I mean, because uh, cloud is actually one of those words that I would like to banish uh, because yeah, yeah. because you can't bring that segment in oh, this no, early. No, no. Oh, we're, mixing, right. we're mixing it up. So, uh, but no, but 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 cloud means so many d- different things to different people, yeah. and you know we've we, we've done we've done podcasts on it. We've, we've talked yeah. about multi cloud, uh, and one of the I mean one of the very clear things about multi cloud is it's not really about a physical single location anymore yeah. Yeah. for applications, for workloads, for data, for the resources that support it. Yeah, and obviously now that then I mean if I if I can use the phrase um, attack surface. You can use the word attack surface. Can I use that? Yeah, I think that you right? can. Yeah, I'm, I'm impressed that you're going to use with it. With cloud, that yeah. just takes that to yeah. almost the nth, you know, yeah. almost the nth degree, mm-hmm. and you're you're then looking at well, okay, I can't necessarily protect that as a perimeter, nope. um, in in the same way. So it all has to be about the workloads and the applications, mm-hmm. and what can you do from the core out yep. and around those applications and around those around those data. So security from a cloud perspective is. Um, Stop laughing at me. He yeah. really is laughing. You see, because Joachim came on and said, "I'm not going to contribute at all." No, I'm not. Anyway, back. <laughs> you you just here for the comedy value. Back to you, Mark, in the studio. Uh, yeah, no. It, so, so I think you're right. Uh, you know that that whole you know the attack surface is actually a phrase I really like. So it's not jargon we should get rid of because I think it, it's a good one. Um, uh, but I think the other one that always crops up with cloud is that governance piece. Um, you know, in terms of where is the data, yeah. you know, especially, and in, in, in I hate to kind of leap forward in time into GDPR, but, you know, one of those big questions around GDPR is where is that personal data at any given point in time? And if I don't know, that's a problem. Mm. Um, so when you do start to look at that very fluid movement of data across multiple um, providers of services, there becomes a real big question mark over where that data resides, what legis- what legislative domain it might reside in. So is it in the US? Is it in the EU? Therefore, what laws apply to it at any given point in time? So that becomes a real data governance question. Um, not a technological one, but it's one that, yeah. that sort of information security folk need to really grapple with to understand you know, that sort of jurisdictional problem um, around around cloud. Um, but you're right. I think, you know, as things move around, that you, you have to look at this in a completely different way. Well, it's, it's, it's um, as, as, it, as it grows, I mean, the whole point is, yeah, it, 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 there's complexity. Mm. Um, you, you know, the point about multi-cloud is also choice, so yeah. choice of venue of execution and, and, mm-hmm. all, and all of those things. But, but with, without control and governance of that choice and, mm-hmm. and everything that sits in between, you, you have this potential for absolute chaos absolutely yeah. and where you've got chaos you've got risk risk absolutely. Uh, uh, risk and cost yes. and so yeah. you know it is a big topic which is very very relevant to cyber but actually it's, it's relevant it's, to business it's much broader anyway yeah. yeah so so i think that one's that one's kind of an interesting one the the disruptive malware so uh i think brett mentioned sort of petcher not petcher from gosh it feels like more than a year ago it probably was that was that was the uh, uh that was gareth it was gareth evans uh shout out to gareth he's not at cisco anymore he's not maybe, at cisco maybe, anymore. maybe he's listening maybe he's listening in maybe um so this was the uh, for those who don't have such a long memory petcher was the malware that was infected the i think it was medoc or medoc the yeah but it was, it's, it's the software though isn't it is as in you've yeah. got genuine software that they inter- they actually inject they their malware into the software into the software update so anybody who does the usual good practice of downloading automatic software updates was How inadvertently impacted. then? <laughs> How do you spot it? Uh, I think a lot of that comes down to um, probably your development practices and ensuring things like, well, it's difficult. because you if you've developed like, it, if you've developed your software and you've got it all nice and working and it's yeah. sitting there on your, in your data center somewhere ready to be distributed yeah. and then somebody sneaks in 
opens and up puts your a dropper in. And, and does something nasty into it. it. it so it depends because it, it depends where in the supply chain it happens. I mean, ordinarily those sorts of uh, those sorts of infections would be defeated by um, um, signing of code. So I take my package that's going to be deployed. I cryptographically sign it in some way. So if it's ever modified, when I check that signature, I know that it's... So when you do the old old typical thing of just checking the checksum, it'll be different or something like that? Yeah, in effect, yes. It's essentially that same thing. But you can obviously do that as a hash-based checksum, um, or you could actually sign it. It's like I felt a bit proud saying that, because I felt like... I'm impressed. (laughs) I can tell. (laughs) I can tell there's a slight moment of pride. His his eyes are literally sparkling. I know. It's slightly frightening that he's getting this excited. So so that would be one way. But of course, it depends where in in that supply chain the attack is getting in. So when is it like you'd spot it? You mean in my head, you'd spot it as they're trying to come in and 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 then infiltrating your infrastructure to get at the software. Yeah. Then you using the the, the signing and and the yeah. certificates and, and to and protect the updates. To effectively, the update. yeah. And then it obviously uh, you then want to be checking your software as you before you deploy it in your environment. Well, no, I don't. Well, well, this is where late, it, gets, it, it becomes really complex because you know if you go and update your Windows or your Mac OS or whatever, do you check the software update before no, it but comes you're relying on because it happens automatically? Mm. Yeah. But what's happening in the background is that code's coming down. It's probably cryptographically signed by that vendor and it's being checked at that point. The problem is, is if the attacker gets into the supply chain deep enough. So they're in your dev environment. They could actually embed their malware before the code gets signed, and therefore you're really in a whole world of pain at that point to be able to detect it. Mm. So then it becomes, well, how do you then protect your dev environment from those kind of infections? And that comes much more about proper segmentation and the rules and the authorizations and the controls you put so around once that. One, so as soon as the first one... So basically, in that environment, you think of in a, in a sort of software-defined world, as soon as somebody's infected, they That's... they get segmented off into their... or quarantined off, and everyone yeah. just basically... You end up with the whole network, everyone's quarantined. Yeah, that has the update. So I don't know. It's yeah, it's, it's it? a tricky one because it's it is a new paradigm. I mean, we saw it in that one. We saw it in the CC Cleaner um, malware as well, which again was based upon mm. malware being embedded in the software package itself. Um, you know, both of those sorts of trends are quite interesting and new, and yeah. I think represent it, it represents a problem because most people are so focused on their own environment, not thinking about all of the many thousands of organizations that supply them, whether that's in the JavaScript libraries they have on their web services or whatever it might be that they're drawing in. Um, you know, in software-defined X, we're all relying upon code written by other people, but who's actually doing the integrity checking of all of that? So that needs to be built into the process. Again, people, people policy and process is a three-legged always, donkey. Always three-legged donkeys. Um, um, what else was on there? Vis- um, threat visibility. Yeah, I mean, that, that obviously, I, I don't think that's a new trend per se. Um, for me, visibility, we've been talking about for a long time, um, but it's still... Re- the capability of invisibility has... has well, I, I said, increased. There was words I, there. I, I thought you I said, said invisibility. Capability around visibility. visibility. But, but you, you know, I think, because we would say, um, you know, broadly speaking oh. again, that providing full end-to-end visibility, you know, mm. of everything that's happening at an application level, yeah, yeah. down to line of code all the way through to your network down yep. to an individual packet mm-hmm. and, and everything in between and all, mm. also all the way out to the edge of your network. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that, I think, is, is one of the one of the areas. I mean, I know this is not uh, meant to be a sort of Cisco sales thing, no. but but it, but for but it's a real area that we focus, of technology development, and therefore I think also differentiation when you actually look at the extent and the breadth of, of, yeah. of that. And it's having that visibility yeah. everywhere, though, isn't it? Because the thing we look about the network in the campus, the network in the data center, yeah. visibility there, visibility in the, the cloud. cloud. Yeah, yep. on the endpoint. You said that in sync. I know, it's, we're back, we're back. <laughs> that was actually musically harmonious as well. <laughs> Which is very rare. Um, 
yeah, come, so, so come, back, come back, come back. So I think the visibility is is really key. I think what's always got to be coupled very closely with visibility is actually having an ability to do something about it. Um, you know, I was at a conference a couple of months ago, the Cyber UK conference, um, and there were a couple of presentations there from leaders of security operation centres. In particular, there was a guy there from the Bank of England presenting. Um, and what he really tried to reinforce is there's almost no point in going to the effort of getting visibility if you've got no business process wrapped around what you do when what you do with it so it's again about, about the process problem. great i've yeah. spotted something but what do i do yeah yeah, yeah i've got okay. a house alarm it's blaring out what happens well that's funny thing you know isn't it because you do you put an alarm on the side of the house unless it's connected to like yeah. you say the police or something like yeah. that or someone to come around or it, you start recording cameras or you start you get yes yeah. what's the business the what's the business dog? process that supports yeah, it yeah. That's, no, okay. i'm very deliberately jumping ahead here but you mentioned you went to a conference i did did you get any swag not that one, no, no. Yeah. That was quite a dull one in for, for swag, yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah. Okay. Well, we better move on. I quite like this we'll feature, though. This, yeah, that's our swag production is a good team. One. We did have a, we got told by the production team of what what, what we had to do. Really? So, uh, but have we got a demographic? No. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. A target I, demographic. I don't know. I listen to Six Music in the morning, and their target demographics apparently it's 24, well, 24, to 24 18, year olds. 24, so we're all active. You've you, got a 45 you year old presenter. I'm 43. <laughs> You're 21, any man? That'll be it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just last week, in fact. Yeah. Monday, in fact. Were you? Oh, I was. Yeah. Are you a June as well? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm a June. Are you? Yeah, I'm a January. You're a January. Yeah. But I was My considering because of having a January birthday, yeah. of also having a June one, because January birthdays are rubbish. Yeah, December, Cat, January. My, my wife's got a, a January birthday, but I hate it because I just got, I've just bought you a present for Christmas. You want another one? Yeah, exactly. Doesn't it, doesn't it sort of sustain as, for any length of time? As January birthdays call that present consolidation, it's a real <laughs> issue. <laughs> Uh, that's the subject let's for the next move podcast. On. Let's go. So the other thing that got talked about by Mark Weir was in it about the um, vertical specific security or, or solutions that are focused on verticals like the NHS and um, government finance. Yeah. And, like that. and I think I think that comes down to just understanding that risk landscape. You know the 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 risks that a critical national infrastructure supplier, a, a, you know, a telco, a, a BT, a Vodafone, whoever, are going to be very different to those of an NHS to a finance organisation. You know, I think when talking to those customers it needs to be put in those terms in the right terms we yeah, can't just yeah. go in there well, you know it. the nhs very advanced well don't you so. I, I know it a reasonable amount yeah um you can't just go in and say advanced persistent threats and it's going to take your network down because that may or may not be a top priority from a business perspective yeah um or a clinical perspective yeah exactly it? so it's understanding the right business language because one of the things we always come back to in anything in cyber uh, you know we talk about you know we've got to get senior stakeholder engagement in cyber how do we get that well we've got to speak the right language we've got to speak the right and business so is language it, so for that's me, really critical because that's really interesting because it's more around it's the same sort of solution or not the same solution but it's 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 technology but it's people policy and process but it's understanding and and, and talking like you say understanding fundamentally your customers or the vertical that you're working in hmm. is the thing that makes the difference because then you'll go well actually that's really relevant that's not relevant mm. and, and they just go well i don't know what you mean but you're just talking jargon at me well exactly yeah which which of course skips us ahead yeah. a little bit as well but it is it's talking the right language in the sense of what is the business impact because most CISOs board members aren't really going to care about the number of pieces of malware you blocked at your gateway today yeah. but what they are going to care about is whether or not that has an impact on their key business KPIs yeah. and and so that becomes very business language centric and therefore becomes very vertically centric yeah. so I you know to me I think that again is, is a fairly critical one and I think it's going to become more important as security starts to embed deeper into the boardroom 
Okay. Just a random question, but on the Beers with Talos podcast, yeah. not that I wish to advertise <laughs> other podcasts, but yeah. do they get to drink beer? Well, I believe they might, yeah. yeah oh, I'm drinking sec- a lovely fruity pale ale. Yeah. No, there is, an, there is another security podcast that I started listening to before we started our podcast, which was called Paul That's security. what he's been doing. He doesn't listen to this no. one. He listens to other ones. Yeah, and, and they exactly, they, in fact, for about two hours, you could just gradually see them or hear them getting I've more d- I've more had more uh, more, uh, yeah. a wireless whiskey with wireless. And these two guys, but they they do video it as well. So they video the podcast, yeah. uh, and it's on it's on YouTube as well. And um, and yeah, and you can see you can, this one guy, you can see his face getting more flushed. <laughs> this is a lovely bourbon. Oh, Mohammed, what are we talking about? <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. So cue the next question. So I do spend a lot of time in my job talking to chief security officers, and I would say their biggest concern is all around managing complexity. They typically have lots and lots of different security products from many different vendors and how those come together and how do you manage that? How do you deal with the operational complexity, especially when you have fewer people to do that job is a, is a huge issue. And of course at Cisco, that's a lot of our focus and our investment is to help simplify that for customers. Fewer products uh, working better together is, is the, whole, the whole point of where we're going. I think back to a number of technical ways as, as well as in terms of partnerships. On the technology side, making sure we have products with the right APIs so that you can manage them and integrate them, uh, standards compliance, but also a lot of focus around partnerships. Uh, Cisco continues to grow the number of uh, security partnerships that we have so that we're working with others, whether those are kind of your classic complementary technologies or competitors as well. We have partnerships with so many different companies across the planet. What's keeping businesses away from a cybersecurity point of view are lots of things. I think um, it's a lady, I forgot her name, who's head of one of the major insurers. Um, and businesses obviously wonder about natural risk, but natural risk can be trended. You can look at uh, how, how weather patterns happen, you can forecast it. Uh, very hard to mitigate, to be fair. Um, whereas cyber, it can come out of nowhere. Uh, and and is proliferating at a rate that we've not seen before and and, and, and can scare uh, businesses, businesses are run by people. Um, So I think it's that proliferation and the sophistication of the the attacks um, and also being able to um, get the investment and the support from the wider community, Cisco included, to work together to combat the threats. Things customers should look at is not only new threats, but also the, the, the increased sophistication of the threats that we've seen already. So I think we'll see a, a, an exponential growth. Cybercrime is now worth more than the drugs trade. Uh, so we're going to see uh, uh, more investment from crooks uh, to cash in on that. But also we're going to see the, the threats become a lot more intelligent and a lot more sophisticated and a lot better uh, from a collaboration point of view around uh, criminal circles and we need to we need to be collaborative to be able to, to fight against that. From our point of view in Talos it's very much keeping up to breast with the threat environment and what are the bad guys, what are their techniques that they're preparing or that they're perfecting which they're going to use to attack organisations with in the near future. Uh, certainly what we've seen over the past year is the use of supply chain attacks 
where bad guys are integrating malicious code into the legitimate source code of the legitimate software products and using that as a means of distributing attacks. It's a new way for distributing malware and it's certainly something that organizations need to be aware of and need to think how are they going to protect themselves from it. Um, so so the, one of the things that got called out straight away was the managing complexity um, mm. and especially in a a multi-vendor environment, that sort of stuff. Yeah. So go, go on. So, um, well, I think I think you know this is my uh, you know I, I, and don't call this jargon. You want to get rid of it's the it's the have a problem buy a box issue, um, which we've seen perennially for for as long as I've been in security. Which is you know oh my god I've got this new great latest greatest threat, uh, and you go to infosec and everybody's trying to sell you a box that will solve it. And next year there'll be another box that will solve another problem and so on and so forth. And and so as a as a buyer as a consumer you get into this vicious cycle i think of thinking i've got to solve this problem with technology and so inevitably you end up then with with a whole raft of technological solutions to problems which don't integrate leave massive gaps in Mm. in in exposure because they're only focused on one specific problem domain um and so i think you know we've we've done the the cisco annual security report asked this question of of many of our customers you know how many device how many different vendors do you have in your environment in your security domain and the largest percentage are in the sort of twenty to thirty category, mm. um, which is which just is crazy. for security, mm. just just in the security Flipping domain. Out. But if you look across that breadth, I mean, you, you know, you start to get into things like identity and access management, antivirus, uh, email gateways, web gateways, uh, data loss prevention. You know, clearly not one vendor can solve all those problems, but you start cranking that up, and you're looking at twenty, maybe more, some cases more than fifty different vendors trying to deliver a security. Set a set of security capabilities, mm. and 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 again, I think security is also one of those domains where there's an awful lot of best of breed. Yeah, there's yeah. always you know. My, is that my... a cultural thing? Because that's the thing is nothing's yeah, really yeah. changing, though, is it? And I I don't know. You're the expert, but I mean, I, I'm looking at from the outside in, and you just going, it's still not changing. There's still a vendor for everything, and and I, well, I think I think the problem is, uh, you know, and, and maybe I've got a bit too much of a blinkered view, but I think the other challenge, along with you know, things things do change. You know, the, the threat landscape is constantly changing, but it's not changing to the extent that I think would necessitate that many number of vendors. I think. The other aspect is that um, is that people are, are looking at this from the point of view of uh, buying that best of breed and not thinking about the basic problems. You know, a lot of what we tend to focus on is that advanced persistent threat and sophisticated attacks. And, and yes, that's important, but do you patching? Because mm. Because actually, that's the way that most of the bad guys are getting in. And I, you know, I sound like a broken record because I probably say this on every single security podcast. But it's really, really important. If you don't patch, you will get owned. Um, and no shiny god box is ever going to solve that for you. Shiny god box. You know, well, like um, getting owned in a shiny god box. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> See, you never know what you. Get. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, just, uh, just well, Mark stops giggling. Um, uh, there was one thing that, that that didn't come up that uh, as one of the trends, and maybe I didn't I didn't quite hear it that I was surprised. But and I know we we've, we've talked or you've talked, but but the skills gap, and the access yeah. to skills as a, yeah. as a customer challenge. I thought that was yeah, that's an interesting one actually. I mean, it, it sort of cropped up in um in in this sort of complexity conversation around the customer challenges. But certainly eighteen months ago, two years, you, that would have been top of mind. I think yeah. for most people, that skills gap, mm. and I don't think it's gone away. No, uh, but I think there's an awful lot of activity happening around that to try and address Closing it. Closing it, um, yeah, yeah. but but yeah, without doubt, that's still still a massive issue. Mm. Um, and, and of course, a lot of that dovetails into the complexity piece as well. Mm. Um, 
So I think the other point, I think Mark raised this one, was the sophistication, which sort of goes a little bit against what I was just talking about. I've been to Leeds. <laughs> You're trying to disrupt me. Um, yes. Yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, attacks are, are sophisticated. Some of them are phenomenally sophisticated. Um, there's some really quite interesting and innovative use of um, of different techniques that attackers are using, um, whether that's leveraging commercial off-the-shelf technologies. In You know, I've seen uh, attacks described where they're using Twitter as a no command way. and control channel. What? So, so the malware will, for example, get its command and control by going to a Twitter feed, and you know, a particular and handle, and in fact, this particular malware, and this is going back a little while ago, I think what they did is the, the Twitter feed had images posted to it. Inside those images, encoded within the JPEG, was additional information which was extracted by the malware, which essentially is how the command and control channel worked. Um, using I just thought you'd be like hashtags coming in going hashtag well, you're, you're owned yeah. <laughs> but the point being is that going out to Twitter is not unusual behaviour so the malware no. then but leaving Facebook as well don't it? Yeah. Uh, absolutely so some really wow. interesting you know is it sophisticated it's just it's using our own it's common sense isn't it if, yeah. if everyone yeah. else is coming in and out of the network and you expect to see lots and yeah, lots of absolutely. activity with Twitter and Facebook yeah. and you're never other, other things then you're just going to go well that's yeah. just normal well it was that classic thing the best place to stay hidden is where everyone can see you absolutely in plain yeah. view yeah there plain you go yeah. So, so, it is, so it is kind of sophisticated and, and I think you know one of the points that was made uh, at Infosec um, a few weeks back was um, the sophistication is also coming from more nation state activity as well um, Crikey, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, you'll have seen or may have seen the the publication around both the US and UK governments around um, attributing Russia as a state actor. Um, not necessarily We're not commenting that. We have an opinion well, either I, way or well, the other. You know, I, it, it's out there in the public domain. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, both the US and and, uh, and British governments have, have mentioned it, and it was a tax against network infrastructure. Yeah. Um, you know, we've, we've put stuff out on, on our own blogs around it because obviously we make... But the other thing, that, mm. to be slightly topical and maybe mm. give a bit of a day stamp, but a timestamp, but this week mm. is um, Dixon's. Yes. Yeah. yeah, a couple of days ago. Yeah. Do, do they just yeah? So what I was reading well, the article it, about it wasn't that it happened a couple of days ago. No, it was noticed it was, a couple of days ago. But that's the thing they've got. To, but they have to, don't they have to by law now tell everybody within thirty six hours? Is that well, GDPR? That's well, GDPR. If it's, if it's, but when they notice it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. They, they've told within us within 72 hours. Yeah, with, is it 72? 72 hours, but then uh, we breach s- notification. Yeah, yeah, so 72 hours now. So literally, yeah. they've told us within that, but it could have happened ages ago. Yeah. And that was like credit card details. They said they've got, they've got personal information. Yep. Um, they've got credit card details, but they didn't get any of the CSV. Was it the, the, the CVV the codes? CVV codes. Yep. Yep. They didn't get that, yep. and they didn't get pins. But, yeah, the thing, they, pin, but if you like haven't got, but basically, so they could have my pin. They've got my credit card. Yeah, they'll have your card number. They've got my card number. I bought bloody telly from them you're dead to me now so i'm never gonna say. buy a telly never from do it again never record got a new telly yeah. arriving tomorrow huh got a new telly arriving oh, yeah. tomorrow. have you yeah, yeah but not and some ikea furniture though that's sunday they deliver. are the other swedish food just stores are available they are, they are, no no they're no, they're no, no. large <laughs> you just say ikea yeah, do we say ikea or ikea how would you say it being of danish extract ikea Yes, let's move on what were we talking about uh so sophistication um uh, supply chain attacks. I think we've kind of already talked a little bit about. I think as one of the one of the customer challenges. Um, Martin mentioned supply chain. We, we talked about it with the Petra and not Petra things. I, it is going to be the new way and new way in. Um, but you're just going to be ready for it, then. It? It's yeah. all about that. Make sure whatever software you're getting is being digitally signed. Yeah, or whatever being digitally it is. signed. You understand its its heritage. 
you know, and, and that becomes really difficult. But that's when interesting you're, when you're going from a cloud because at the end of the day, if you're going cloud, then you're basically going straight from the cloud, software, software as a service, mm-hmm. straight to your laptop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or your, your desktop PC or to your yeah. user. Yeah. And, so, it's, and it's like... How do you I, assure the integrity? I, yeah. Go on. How do you do it then? I, you've, just got to, you've just got to ask the right questions, I think. You know, the, the, the work I've done with NCSC... Yeah, but the NCSC did this, the National Cybersecurity Centre. They came 14 cloud security principles, which don't tell you how to answer the question as a, as a, you know, you must do this. But what they do is try and characterize what are the things you ought to ask of your cloud provider. Yeah. And it covers governance. It covers data separation, data in transit. What's your security management policies? What's your instant response? Next question? Uh, I think right. it's time for the next question. Let's yeah, move on to the next question. question. Yeah. This is okay. the third of three. The third of three, and then we're moving on to the fun stuff. I think businesses are uh, getting their heads around GDPR. GDPR really, for most businesses, is around understanding the process and the protection of data and, and what processes and, and how people work to underpin that. Largely, for me, uh, I, I think customers are on that journey. They're, they're probably still quite a way behind. Uh, but most of the customers I speak to have started the journey, which is important. And although IT and, and indeed cyber technology can play a small part, I, I get annoyed when uh, I, other IT vendors, not, not Cisco obviously, try and play a heavier role in that area. Largely for me, it's a consultative-based engagement to take customers on that journey rather than a technology transformation. I think businesses to look at from a GDPR point of view is, is really not just look at the compliance around GDPR, but look to try and understand their, almost re-understand their business. And actually, uh, a lot of the data capture was done historically, and actually go back through and see what you need to support your business. It may be that instead of doing email campaigns, you go into social media and extend more that way. And I think it's important for a business to look at the compliance and obviously comply with it, and understand that data is critically important but also look at their business and re-understand how that data is used. I think it all boils down really to the issue of information security and organisations identifying what is really important in their information assets. You know, what are those crown jewels of data which is really important for them. I like to think that GDPR is going to change the focus of organizations to reconsider their security assets, um, how they are accessed, what they are actually saving, and of course, how are they protecting it from from leaking or being breached? And um, I think one of the big advantages and the great things which have come out of GDPR is forcing organizations to think about their information assets, what's important, how we protect it. Okay, uh, there we go. It's rearing its ugly head. GDPR. GDPR. I thought people might got bored about it by now. No, I mean, you know, clearly it is important. You know, at the end of the day, I don't want to put my personal details into an environment where they're not going to look after it. It is fundamentally about how do we make sure we respect people's respect people's privacy and protect that properly. You know, how do we stop that mass exploitation of personal data? We've seen a lot of cases of it in the press recently. Uh, where where data is being exploited in ways that the owners of that data were never informed um selling the data that selling the data exploiting it to potentially influence elections and all sorts of other things surely only potentially <clears throat> potentially yeah allegedly it, it would be possible if someone, would be someone possible. was that way inclined if they it were inclined. in practice of course it? not no, no never no. no no people wouldn't do that sort of no. thing no um but so so i think it is it is really important that that Privacy is considered. I think the problem with GDPR has been swept up in this storm of, to, to a certain extent, an opportunity to go and you know 
beat down somebody's door and sell them something. Um, and I think and that, that's that was why that Mark, it's become a little yeah, bit... Yeah, Mark brought that up, isn't it? It's about another point of it's, it's technology is not yeah. going to solve this of course it's it just you no. people use the vendors out there yeah. are using it as an excuse to yeah to, and, and the danger is with the i mean it's spam right it's spamming it is, and you yeah. and you yeah. and you just become fatigued by it you, and you take less notice of it uh, absolutely and, yeah. so yeah. and i think that's the danger with these and there's things. a real danger of that because there are some genuine cases and, and it actually probably doesn't even require that much effort in some instances to yeah. to do the right thing it's just being more conscious about how you're handling personal data. Do I really need to collect all of that personal data? Do I, how so do I store it? Yeah, Who do I share it yeah. with? And um, it's, it's, it's consultative, isn't it? It's people policy and process going, oh, what, what, data is it? what data do I really need? Yes. Uh, and as Martin calls it, is crown jewels. Yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely you, need protecting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so no, it, it, it's, it, it shouldn't be that big a delta, I think, where, where people are being genuinely... Um, you just got to do that because yeah. I'm just going back to the podcast. I remember we did on it, yeah. and it is about what data do you really need to keep. If you don't yeah. need to keep it, get rid of then it. You shouldn't. And if you're holding it, then you've got to show that even if you're a one man band, yeah. that you're doing the the diligence to keep that data protected. So keeping it encrypted yeah. um, and those sort of things. So yeah. if, if you're so if you do, if you do yeah. have them out, at least you can say my data was encrypted. Yeah, I, I did. I did a proportionate. I done my fair share. Appropriate. Proportionate, appropriate to the size of my Correct. organization. Yeah. And to so one man band to a um, so obviously a a, a, a sole trader yeah. who has uh, addresses of an email addresses and addresses of their customers uh-huh. to send them information to yeah. send them invoicing is a fair thing to hold. Yeah. Make just, sure it's being protected. Yeah. Just just on a point of pragmatism, oh, go on though, oh, go um, on. because uh, how enforceable is it down to you? You're talking about. You know, one man or one woman yeah. band. I mean, yeah. realistically, you, well, you know, it, how it, far it, down is it going to? Is but that's the bit I like to put when we practice because that's why we talked about it. Because where does this go? And at the end of the day, it's it's I think to your point of proportion of, I mean, I don't expect a sole trader to. You mean I don't know buy loads of super tech stuff, but he yeah. has to say right. You need to hold customer data. You do need to hold customer data, but mm-hmm. you've got to keep it. If you're holding it digitally, yeah. keep it safe. Yeah. Well, if you're holding it in paper format, you still got to keep, keep, keep it safe. It sa- yeah, know, keep don't... it safe as well. So obviously, you keep it locked away. You'll keep it locked yeah. in, a, in, a, yeah. in a in a in a safe or a drawer. Yeah. Oh, you mean you'd have a security? You mean yeah. it is? In, 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 so so to answer that question, I think in that respect, it's no different from many of the other very large sweeping laws like health and safety. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm never going to go to the individual carpenter in. Bogner Regis and go and prosecute him for not strapping his ladder down in the right way. Mm. But if but he you falls, kind of hope that over time you just drive a cultural shift in people's mindset yeah, yeah. to but make the, sure that yeah. they're doing the right but thing. But the thing is, as well, though, if you look at the health and safety executives, if he's employing somebody yeah. and they fall off the ladder and he's seen to, and the guy it's injures himself whatever, yeah. and he's yeah. seen as negligent, then yeah, you expect to be prosecuted. Absolutely. Yeah. Whether you're yeah. a sole trader or you're a big corporation. Yeah. And, and the same is true of personal data. So I think, I think, I think that's quite a good analogy. I think it was very good. Yeah, well, you know, I, th- I think it's important to understand that because, like you say, yeah. the, the information. Commission's office isn't going to get an army of people to go knocking on people's doors and saying, "Show me your policies, show me your processes, show me the way you're doing uh, your data." But if protection. somebody gets, if somebody then ends up being hacked or something like that, or, yeah. or, or, or their date, private data gets hmm. gets out there, hmm. and then it's seen that they, they trace it back to actually it came from. Yeah. Yeah, this premise and, and they were the, negligent because yeah. they left it in an open Amazon S3 bucket or something. You know, what's that mean? He just doesn't keep up, does he? You've not seen all the all the press about open Amazon S3. It's it's a story, data storage on Amazon Web Services. Do it. Say it. Yeah. No, do yeah. it now. Yeah. Open, Explain no, it now. Oh, but it's what it is. It's it's a it's an a, S3 bucket is a bucket S3, with an S3 written on it. But before you fall out about this, because <laughs> I can see tensions are rising. Um, have we? You know, because 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 I, my, I admit to doing a, a a faux snore at the start of the GDPR section. Yeah. 
Um, have we done it? People make it sound so flipping complicated, and all mm. you and, and the podcast that you we did ages ago. Uh, please go back and listen to it if you want to, to get more information. But it is that simple thing of you mean. Do you need to store? If you could do whole data, make sure you justify why you're keeping it. Yep. And, and you've got and you consent. You've got consent and you keep it safe. Huh? It's, it's really not Stop. much more complex. Draw a line under it, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. Right Are thing. we going to move on to the jargon or the swag? Let's do jargon first. Let's go jargon. Okay, here we go. So my favorite piece of tech jargon that I can't stand is um, the notion of single pane of glass. A lot of people use that. I often think of it as single glass of pain, maybe. It's just the, the, the idea that you can simplify security down to some one magic interface, one magic GUI is, is I think, very unrealistic. I think a single pane of glass or a single, uh, a single tool, a single GUI for different users, different stakeholders, that makes sense. But to try to tie this all together, it just, just really oversimplifies this notion of what security means and and so i think what we're doing which is all around simplifying workflow simplifying how people work is the right way to think of it not like you can ever necessarily get the entire industry down to a single pane of glass i think that's a silly concept one piece of jargon i think all vendors should get rid of is out of the box it works out of the box because nothing works out of the box or we wouldn't need people so nothing works out of the box yes please get rid of it the one that really gets me, and I hate myself using it, is Kill Chain. Um, I, I, I think it's just the wrong focus for malware uh, of describing the, the life cycle of malware and how attacks evolve. Um, it's a very militaristic metaphor that um, I'd far rather use another term for. Right. Single I, pane of glass. Single pane of glass. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, I'd, I'd agree with that one. I think if this was Room 101, I think I'd definitely put that one in there as well. Okay. I, don't, I don't like that phrase. Out of the box. Out of the box. Joachim, you like out of the box, don't you? Well, I, I, I'm not... Because ACI it. just works out of the box. <laughs> I actually said it like that I as know, well. I know. Were you listening? Were you part of that I, other I, podcast? I, I was on that podcast. Oh, I will be on that podcast because we had recorded it for this one. Out of the box. Out of the box. Out of the box. So I, if I was doing Room 101, I wouldn't let out of the box no. enter. I think it's borderline. I think it's, no, it's, it's a borderline. Oh, come one. on. Yeah, no. And, and Kill Chain, I didn't even know what that is. Yeah, I quite like Kill Chain. Kill, that's I like Kill Chain. That's not going in. To me. Yeah, I mean, in, in the security world. We've got two votes. You've got two votes yeah. for keeping it, so it's not security going in. in uh, Kill Chain in the security world has been around for a long time. Um, but I, but I, to I still, us mere mortals, it still yeah. sounds, it sounds quite cool, edgy and cool. Kill Chain sounds good. We're actually keeping two of the three. It's better than the Kill List. What's a Kill List? It was a film called Kill List. Is that is okay. that your deepest, darkest secrets? No, no, it was just it was no. by. Um, well, you like your films, don't you? Uh, quite like a, a film, yeah. It's by Ben Wheatley. Box sets are quite, I'm quite into. Oh, are you, you watch the bridge? No, no, no. So. Um, <laughs> okay, let's go to swag bags. Are we are we not going to put our own jargon in? Oh mix? yeah, yeah. What do jargon would you stick in? Are you gonna, I knew you'd come to me first. Uh, for me, I think it'd probably be advanced persistent threat or APT. I think it's beginning to die a death a little bit as a phrase, but it was just one of those horrible phrases that meant nothing. Um, and marketeers got hold of it and, it, and it just sort of snowballed from there. So APT or advanced persistent threat, I think, is a terrible term. Go on, Joachim, what's yours? Well, I had a different one the last time you asked me the question. No, because this is this is be- going out before that one. No, see? I know, but we might have discussed we might discuss jargon every single day that we might mm. we, we, we might like to bin. Mm. But given my reaction to the topic, I realise it's not necessarily jargon, um, but I'm going to bin GDPR. Oh. Wish, wish we could. <laughs> Into the room. <laughs> one hundred and one. <laughs> um, 
I don't think I don't know. I can't think of one. I'm gonna I'm gonna spin that around. I'm yeah. gonna say that that Justin loves the jargon so much yeah. that he actually can't think of anything. Yeah, to I know. I just love jargon. jargon lover. You are okay. a jargon lover. I am. Justin jargon lover. Yay! Let's move on to swag then. Swag. So I actually have it right here. Not that you can see it on this podcast, but this is an awesome piece of swag. So this is a uh, cord holder with the with these elastic bands and. Uh, I got one, and as soon as I got it, my son instantly wanted it. The great thing about this is that it holds the cords, and then you shove it in your briefcase. And uh, this works actually also really well when you go through a security line, right? When you just pull it out, and you know the cords go everywhere. So, this is awesome for all those vendors out there that are figuring out a, a giveaway. This is a very useful thing. There you go. I think the best piece of swag I've ever picked up from a conference was at VMworld in 2007 when Microsoft didn't even have a virtualization technology, but were giving away Xboxes to capture people's data. So I was a recipient of one of the uh, original Xboxes. So the best piece of conference swag, I think there's there's two things. I'm a big sucker for those rechargeable battery packs, which I find incredibly useful. Um, but possibly the very best was a very simple, um, slightly stretchy fabric pouch that I used to put all my Apple adapters in. Um, all of the video adapters and USB adapters that I carry around with me, I just put inside this pouch. It's, a, it's a adaptable and flexible and stretches. I can put loads of things in it and just carry it around with me in the rucksack. It goes everywhere with me. Go on then. So we've got... Uh, you didn't get any at Cyber UK. We've ascertained that Nothing much. at Cyber UK. No, no. Um, Boring. I know, no. But um, so let's, let's go on to swag. Uh, so we the guys, no, 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 I know that, There's but we no didn't pause. talk about what they had. Oh, their swag. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go on, oh, then. So uh, it's nice to know that uh, we, Mark Weir got an Xbox. I know that's that's. Well, he didn't. Did he actually say he got an Xbox or that they were giving them out? Well, no, that no. But that's the point. What's the swag that you yeah, got? Not yeah, swag that yeah. I saw because I've seen plenty of swag on, well, on, on. That would be a misrepresentation. It of would, the wouldn't it? Yeah, we'll Mark, have to go and challenge him on that one. So he's got. I've got an Xbox. Yeah. What was the, the other one? A cable the, holder. The cord, cord holder. Cord, 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 cord holder. Which really confused you, didn't it? Well, I did. I got my wallet out, <laughs> thinking it was a card holder. And then, um, and then Martin's was it was a stretchy bag. That's getting I weird, think, isn't I it? Think you're right. So I, my, I, I don't. What's my favourite swag? I, I've, I've talked about the battery chargers, and that Martin mentioned that as well. Because mm. I have got one that I got that yeah. I that was really nice. I don't think I've ever kept anything really? else. It'll, they're the stuff oh, that I've end up got... sitting in cupboards. Actually, I found some from our, our sales conference. Some of those blooming flashy armbands, oh, wristbands yeah. that they... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go yeah, on, yeah. He's, he's getting it out. Oh, he's he's going to get it out. Here's my current favourite. Go on then. A book. Shameless advertising. Okay. Hyper... Cisco Ooh. Hyperflex multi-cloud okay. platform... <laughs> notebook <laughs> but i must admit the best swag i With do get from band. conferences and, and they're generally from internal ones yeah. is is the moleskin books moleskin books are, they are awesome although i, I do, do hold them i do have them so i moved house um moved flats uh, a week ago on mm. have you gone from one flat to another flat yeah i thought you bought a house i kept on thinking house uh no and um as you do when you move house as you uncover things mm. um that you forgot you had um, that you've accumulated. What, a kid? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> anyway, uh, and I found a box. Not a kid. I found a box. I found yeah. a box of, and it was filled to the brim with Cisco marketing uh, memorabilia, uh. including moleskin books. <gasps> so, you know, for a small fee, 
I'll, uh, have we'll we'll send them to a. Uh, if anybody wants to write in, can get one of Yokum's moleskin books. Yes, actually, that's a good idea. That's a great giveaway. And I'll get Justin to sign it. Yeah. We'll get Justin, Joachim, and Mark to sign it. We'll say we'll, it. From the Cisco. For the, oh, yeah, there you Cisco go. Podcast. How many have you I'll got? go to Malcolm in the post room. Yeah. See, this is definitely He's not here Cisco. anymore. Isn't he retired? Yeah, no, Malcolm's here. Yeah, Terry Malcolm's retired. Yeah. Oh, Terry retired. But he's due next year, I think. Yeah. Hello well, to anyway. those guys. Hope you're listening. <laughs> right, okay. So, signed Moleskin books from Moleskin the books. box. Uh, in his garage. There you go. There you go. Anyway, hope you've enjoyed the podcast. It's been a bit different. And we are going to carry on the old the jargon and the swag. Because uh, I think that's a nice little jingle. I think we need to find a jingle there, don't we? This, yeah. The jargon jingle. The jargon jingle, jingle and the, the swag, swag jingle. The swag song. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to Google swag song and see what comes up. Oh, please don't do it in work. <laughs> Wait till you're on your own a internet. Swan song. <laughs> swan song. The swan song for swag song. Swan song. Swag song yeah. and then uh, uh, jargon jingle. The jargon jingle. There we are. We've got a feature. But if you want to uh, uh, contact the podcast, oh, yeah. please do. We've had some. We've had some lovely guys um, uh, contact us recently. We've had. Uh, I can't remember. And um, <laughs> and then uh, really yeah, contact, the hope you've enjoyed the podcast. I really apologise to all the security people who've uh, asked us to do this. Thank you very much to Brett Hartman, Mark Weir, and Martin Lee for uh, contributing to this as well up at uh, Infosec. And thank you to our roving reporter Rover. Uh, for going out and asking the questions so uh, if you want to contact the show do it on LinkedIn uh, contact us on Twitter at Justin Woolen or email me at justin.woolen at cisco.com two O's and one L thanks for listening and thank you you too as well (laughs) 